Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Nick and Gary Get Serious About Jokes. I'm Nick. And I'm Garrett. And we are back. Uh, we apologize for last week. We know uh, we basically ruined the end of your August by not being on the air and not yeah. uh, posting anything for y'all. So uh, we've got uh, a lot of hate mail, so much so that uh, mm-hmm. we can't even see it. So we uh, apologize. <laughs> and we are back uh, just uh, for our Labor Day podcast. And, yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of being back, uh, we we uh, apparently coincided our return with Louis C.K.'s return to stand up. Yeah, he's and a so, he's a trendsetter. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's uh let's kind of uh, what we want to talk about this week is is the like Louis C.K. coming back. You know how we feel about that, but then also uh, this conversation has been going on for a couple years now, which I, I think it probably has always been going on in various forms yeah. with this idea that like. Um, comics used to be able to say certain things or do certain things, but now they can't. And um, I, th- I think that that just kind of shifts with each generation. Or a group. But it does seem yeah. to happen maybe more often now, like a lot quicker, as opposed to maybe yeah. taking maybe decades before or maybe even years. Now it seems like, it, it, you know, what is maybe allowed or permissible seems like that list can kind of grow and change at a, at a quicker rate nowadays. And so... I mean, I think I just think the internet does that with everything, uh, good, yeah. bad, and neutral. It just kind of accelerates. So, um, I'll just kind of throw it to you, man. What do you think about um, Louis C.K. returning to to the stage? Um, well, it's tricky because, like, so apparently, I guess he just did a set at like the Comedy Cellar. I think is, yeah. is where it was, and apparently he he didn't even like tell anybody. He just sort of showed up, and they just gave him the spot. And um, he did really well. Like, the crowd thought it was, like, great and stuff. Um, and according to the article I read, he didn't really make any um, reference to, you know, what had, you know, the 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 whole thing with the allegations and the coming out and saying that they were true and stuff. Um, it sucks. Like, it... it, it, it I really, really liked him, and he's he's a really, really funny person. But, like, it just strikes me as, like, you know, wh- what, like, kind of message does that send, you know? Because if, you know, you, you have... First of all, like, being a comedian is, like, different from, like, other professions, you know? It's not like being a mechanic where I don't care who you are as long as you fix my shit. But, like, if you're a comedian or if you're any sort of performer, you're, in a sense, selling yourself or your personality or mm-hmm. some version of it that you're presenting to people. And so that makes it different for me. And on top of that, he's not just a comedian, but he's a very successful comedian who's also basically, who, who is a celebrity. So it's not just that he gets paid for his job, but he gets, like, accolades and, you know, fame and notoriety and all these all these extra things and you know basically that's like the society saying you're valued like you're important or whatever so it kind of worries me you know that he's to coming back and then if he comes back and nothing happens it's like what sort of message do we like subliminally send to ourselves about what we value if this type of person can do all these things and then like lie about it for years and then, like, nothing happens. Yeah, I, I, can't, I go back and forth with this a lot um, because of 
um, athletes, when they get in trouble and people will say, oh, they shouldn't be allowed to play anymore. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, especially if they commit a crime and they are punished by our, our legal system, then wait, are we trying to give them more punishment on top of what we've already agreed on a, as a society as a way to punish people? Yeah. You know, and so I almost feel like it could be a little, it almost seems like how much punishment is too much punishment. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you don't, like, like, like you'd hate for, you know, the whole punishment fit the crime thing, you know? Um, yeah. Because it does get tricky because, you know, let's say Louis C.K. loved being a mechanic. And he did that. Should he be allowed to go back to being a mechanic? What if he loves it, though? You know what I mean? Like, if we're trying to punish him for, like, continue, you know, continuously punish him, should he be, not be allowed to be a mechanic? Yeah. Either? You know what I mean? I, 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 get, I get the point because it is different. I mean, yeah. you know, entertainment is, is different than jobs that are relatively anonymous. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's like, I think the, the, the rationale under it a lot of times is... They get they're lucky to be able to do this, yeah. And we should take away that privilege. But I think there are people who are plumbers who feel lucky to be able to do what they do, yeah. So if they do something, should we take away their privileges? What you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I feel that. I think what the point I was trying to make with the mechanic thing is like it doesn't the the who the mechanic is as a person doesn't really play into how well he could fix a car. Yeah, but yeah. like. Um, and, and, you know, if you're a, a bad person, but you're funny, you know, you can still be funny. Obviously that bad people are funny very often. So that, that's right. obviously, you know, those things aren't exclusive, but, um, I, I will say that I feel like it gets a little bit into, you know, freedom of speech, which mm-hmm. is that like, you know, you have a right to say a lot of things, but there's a more limited set of things that people will find acceptable where you can say this thing and there's no legal ramifications, but, um, people aren't really going to like it. And so I think part of freedom of speech is like, you know, I, I don't I don't think it's against freedom of speech to like try and like be choosy mm-hmm. with the voices that you give a platform, you know? Right, right. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think it... I think the thing is, is like he so he he showed up at the comedy cellar mm-hmm. and he just kind of did a spot, right? Yeah. Like a, um, and he, I mean, I guess if he showed up, so he he didn't get paid for it. Probably just probably was just like, all right, I'm just gonna come out and just see what happens. Yeah. Um, probably ease back into it. Uh, I, I I would say that. He's going to have to address it on stage. Um, yeah, I think and definitely. Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, for him to have any any type of, you know, any type of comedic credibility, he would have yeah. to address it on stage. Like just beyond just being. Yeah, you I know, feel like it like, would be hard too because if someone's doing a show and you know that this person had this whole whole thing and they haven't said anything about it, I feel like that's in the back of your head the whole time. Yeah. Oh, of course, and it's like the, the whole calling of the room thing, which is one of the first things you learn as a comic. Yeah, and if you're on stage and someone walks in with the sombrero, or just so, don't, someone does something distracting, you better acknowledge it. You can't just pre- go on with your set, you know, or you're going to lose right. credibility. And I think it's the, the same thing. Like if he got a, arrested for, you know, hiring a prostitute, he better 
have that. He better mention that in his material. He can't better just, have some damn good prostitute jokes. Yeah, yeah. You can't just be like, oh, well, let's just go back to, you know. No, let's just pretend this never happened. Yeah, yeah. He's got to do something. Um, I, I would say, to, like, like I think his his career has taken a hit for sure. Like he, yeah, so I think he could, if he comes back, he'll probably because he's he's good enough to, you know have his own specials and have shows. Yeah. I imagine he would still have people come out and he would still get, but not as much as he would have had yeah. this never come out. So I think his, I think he is getting punished and I think he will get punished, maybe not to a satisfactory degree. Yeah. But I mean, good. bottom line, he's, he's, he's fine. Like he's going to be totally fine. I mean, like, Oh, he's rich. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah he's, 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 he's not really hurting. Right, that, it, that yeah. badly, you know. But I, I do think that if someone can come back from something like this, honestly, I'm not saying I like it, but it would probably probably be someone like Louis C.K. because I think he is very funny and also pretty intelligent. So I'm not saying that would be a good thing, but I'm saying, you know, he, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if it happened. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering too. Is there because like. The legal system, as as flawed and as like fucked up as it is, it de- it has like like if, if someone wanted to charge Louis for indecent exposure, or yeah. you know, um, there would be a process and there would be rules to how much punishment he should get yeah. and how long that punishment should be. Right. Even if we don't agree with it, there's something in place. Right. Culturally, I feel like we like our cultural legal system. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's really nothing in place. It's like everyone just kind of has their own idea of what it. It would be nice if we could say, "Hey, you know, for two years, like if there was like a rule, like, hey, for two years you can't make, you know, um, appearances in public and get money through streaming." Yeah. Then it'd be like, okay, there is this um, cultural. Uh, punishment that he can kind of go through and then once he's done with that we can say all right now things can kind of go back to they were before you you know what i mean like i'm not saying we should have that but just just something that um allows us to maybe discuss it in in a more concrete way you know what i mean like yeah um i don't know and and again I, i but it just seems like you know, it's like what Louis C.K. did versus what, um, uh, you know, you know, you know, uh, uh, like Andy, what Andy Gross did, which we were just talking about. Yeah. Who was like a, a much less famous comic who, uh, um, you know, did a show at Purdue University for their um, back to school thing. And he... He uh, was uh, accused of sexually harassing sexually harassing someone. He was asked to he had to give back the money that that he made from the show. He oh to give wow! Back really? to the school. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, he's so much of a lower level comic, you know. Yeah. I mean, should he not be able to perform anymore? What should be? You know what I mean? Like, like it, it seems like there's. It seems like we we almost don't have a clear idea of what should happen to someone or should not happen to someone in yeah. a cultural context when they break some, when they do something that's you know not a crime 
or maybe on some levels just maybe could be construed it, as inappropriate yeah yeah just maybe something in bad taste or maybe is a, like like i mean like louis ck you can't just masturbate in front of people right yeah so no, so that is yeah. a crime but it's not like he wouldn't get three years in federal prison for it he'd get right. he'd probably get you know unless he's been in trouble before probably some sort of community service mm-hmm. um it would be it would be a very light punishment. Uh, I don't really under I honestly don't know enough about like the law to know how that works because mm-hmm. apparently like he did have like some sort of verbal permission, right? Like he asked them even though they felt like they were uh, um, they they didn't really have a choice. So like right. the, it, would that be considered like under duress or something? Yeah, it could be. Um, I think, though, it would be tough to... I, I feel like a good enough lawyer would be able to... Um, dang it. Get them off. Like, yeah. like I feel like... Uh, yeah, that would happen. That would... Uh, because, yeah, if, if if he did ask and, and they said yes, it seems like that would be... Um, even though we would know that... Yeah, it, it wasn't the normal situation. Mm-hmm. I think a lawyer who, you know, the, the type of lawyer Louis C.K. could afford would be able to right. make it. So I think that... Um, Super lawyer. Yeah, he would definitely get... Uh, His lawyer is just like five lawyers, like making one like mech lawyer. <laughs> just, just all just... They're just they, 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 they walk in to the courtroom and they're all wearing the same suit somehow like yeah. like I don't mean like they're dressed the same I mean they're all wearing a suit especially made for five people and they're yeah, like, oh, yeah. No, um, but yeah it does it but and, and even if he was somehow found guilty of it he would not you know have yeah uh, it, it would not be it would still be a, a very low level crime you know? yeah um, yeah it 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 leads to another interesting thing of like the Andy Gross right yeah was that happened at like a university and I feel like a lot of people feel like universities nowadays are are the worst place to do comedy I think that there's I've heard that there's several like high-level comics who actually don't even go to college universities anymore because they feel like they're so stifled and they can't say very they can't say very much at all yeah well I, I would say this I think that university comedy is a specific type of comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, just like club comedy is a specific type. Yeah. And then there's like this sort of maybe like an underground type of comedy that's, that's different from club comedy. Um, you could take more chances underground or, you know, if you're doing, you know, bars and, you know, and then, you know, you, and then if you're at a club, you can take certain types of chances. There are few, there may be fewer chances, but you can still say certain things, and I, I feel like college comedy is not um, like those, and that you you can't take chances. Like, um, yeah. And I think it's I think it's probably always been like that. There's a um, an episode of Crashing where Pete Holmes's character uh, does a college show, and mm-hmm. he's like perfect for them because he's so clean and right. so inoffensive. And there's a friction between him and another comic who they say, don't talk about politics. And she goes out and talks about politics. And it doesn't go over well. Mm-hmm. And um, he kind of is, you know, and he, and, and 
I know season two it sort of ends with him reconciling with the fact that, hey, I may be this type of comic who, um, who does college shows. Yeah. And, and uh, it's not for everyone, but I think it's a certain type of comedy. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I think if you if you, if you tell if you're the type of comic comic who maybe does a lot of dick or sex jokes, you're probably not going to yeah do the the college scene too well. Because I know when I was an undergrad, um, the, the 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 comics the two comics I remember coming were Sinbad, who's clean, who wears clean, and Lewis Black, who's political. And I went to college in West Tennessee, so that. His his brand of comedy, Louis Black's brand of comedy, did not go over well. Right. Um, people weren't necessarily offended, but there were people who didn't like the show, and like I heard people say, like the yelling, say something funny, or you know what I mean, like kind of, uh, you know, like, like low low level heckling. But right. Um, yeah, yeah, I hadn't actually um, thought of it like that. I do. I guess it is sort of just like you have to think about the environment that you're in and. Yeah what you can do to make your comedy suited to that if you, you know, choose to. I feel like some people would just be like, well, I'm just going to do my stuff and if they don't like it, whatever. I think but, a lot of people do that. And then it, um, yeah. But at that point, it sort of is just like, well, what what did you expect? I think uh, maybe one of the reasons it's like that is because, like, for a lot of people, college universities is, like, their first time, like, away from the home that they grew up in. So it's mm-hmm. away from their parents. And then it's also away from their high school and like it's just a very different experience they have more freedom just in general but also with the classes they take they meet new people um so they're exposed to a lot of different ideas i feel like Mm -hmm. people uh, especially you know because since they're young and people might get a little overly zealous over certain things like political topics and and really you know, be well-meaning and wanting to, like, make a difference, but maybe sometimes could direct it in the wrong way, mm-hmm. and so it can be an environment where, like, if there's a joke that it might not be a joke that's mean-spirited, the comic might not have intended it in that way, but if there's some r- wiggle room where it can be interpreted in this, you know, um, un- unappealing light, then people will maybe be more likely to get upset about that at, at you know, at, at, any, at a university. No, yeah, I agree. I think that um, I, I think, and, and I think what happens too in a lot of schools is there are these meeting grounds for lots of different types of people. Yeah, who some of them come from really conservative families, some of them come from really liberal families, and they're all in this place. They're like shoved in this place together, and they're at an age of their lives where they're they're not kids, but they're not really adults either. Right. And then they have to sort of figure things out. And it's it, it like it seems like a lot of things can happen, good and bad. And, mm-hmm. You know. And yeah. and I think that when it comes to entertainment, it's like we just want something that doesn't add to the already volatile environment. I feel like. Yeah. I think that that's kind of the maybe the unofficial mindset. Like we want people who are going to. Um, uh, not instigate things one way or the other. Right. You know, yeah. um, you know, you don't want, the, because we, we looked at the Andy Gross, I mean, we, we got on Twitter for a minute and we, there was a video yeah. from the, and he has a line where uh, he's like, 
guessing a girl's card and she's on stage and, and I guess this was the thing that got in trouble got him in trouble and then he he said well at least I got a feel out you know at least I got a feel out of it or I copped a feel or she copped a feel or something like that and in the video there were some people laughing and some people clapping yeah. when he said that and so some people though offended and, and, and seems like he got in trouble for it and, and again just seeing that one clip but it doesn't seem like everyone in the audience was like that yeah. There was definitely some discrepancy from between the different uh, people in the audience, but you're, the, I think mean, you're, you're what you said um, in response to it was key because you said, "I don't really get his joke." Yeah, like it didn't seem like he said he was like the whole video was like forty two seconds. Yeah, I don't think he said anything that was funny at all. Yeah, during that whole and you can't go that long on stage. Yeah, not, not not being funny. Yeah, especially if you're gonna go for the cop a feel joke. That that That's was the closest a... thing to a punchline he had, and that wasn't even yeah. a good punchline. Yeah. And dude, it's it's even sadder to be like, did, was that a part of your set? Like you were supposed to get the answer wrong so that you could say cop a feel? Because it's like one thing if it was just like, oh, I got it wrong. Let me just say something. But if he has that like written down, like this is the punchline. That's like way sadder. No, no, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, because he in the video, yeah, he got the card wrong. Which sometimes com- uh, magicians will do that and then be like, "Oh, it was this record," and then it actually, gotcha. yeah. But it didn't seem to be any of that. Yeah, um, it seemed like he got the card wrong, and the the humor kind of fell flat. Like, and I imagine too, he's probably losing the crowd before that. Yeah. Um, just yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, you know, um, but he he was also a ventriloquist, right? Yeah. I feel like if you're a ventriloquist, you have to be careful because it's like you're already somewhat creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just anything you say is just going to put you over the edge. So you just have to be yeah, you mindful. This, this, yeah, you can't be uh, a ventriloquist and like, and, like uh, uh, and, and do sex jokes for yeah. a college crowd. Like I feel like that's, <laughs> that's like a uh, – yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and again, I mean, I had never heard of him before this this yeah. incident, and so it it's a little bit harder to 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 frame the discussion as it relates to him. Yeah, I think it's it's so much easier with Louis C.K. because he's so much more famous, and yeah, um, that that's a thing that affects more people, and it's different again because he's so famous and he has so much money. Like this gross guy, I don't know. I mean, I imagine he's. Probably doesn't isn't doing that well. So it, it is well. He said he was a YouTuber as well. So I wonder if students knew him. Yeah. From YouTube. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like it's a little bit different because like monetary stuff actually matters to him, or I would imagine does. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, more so than Lucy Gay. Uh, but like I, my sort of, actually. I think we talked about this. Like, you, you mentioned how it just sort of is, like, shifting, like, with what is okay and, like, what is tolerated. And I guess there's, like, a common, like, a lot of comics think that it's, like, oh, well, you can't say anything now. Like, everyone just gets offended. And I I think they tend to blow it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. It may be something that is real, just something that's a lot smaller than they make it out to be because it's, like, when you have, like, a whole profession that's basically just people complaining on stage... They're just gonna complain about anything. So, yeah. and if especially if you if their their ability to complain on stage is affected, you know. Um, so I feel like 
more than anything, it's just that like things that are like that list of words and topics that we can't talk about still exists and it existed, you know, 30 years ago, but there's just different things on it. Like, you know, now, like if you were to say something and, and be like, I'm going to make this joke about, um, this person it's like, I'm going to make a racist joke or I'm going to make like a homophobic joke or, or something like that. People would probably not be okay with it. Like if uh -huh. it's, yeah. if it's like really blatant, um, but, you know, 30 years ago, that probably would have gone over a lot better. But, you know, would you have been able to criticize the military as much? Or would you have been able to criticize, you know, the, the president of the United States as harshly um, back then as you can now? So I, I do feel like it just is it's just different, to different things. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that um, it, it would be interesting to, to talk to someone who's been doing stand-up for like, you know, 10 years, 15 yeah. years. And they that can say, and, the, and they can say, hey, when I first started, this joke used to get an applause break. Yeah. I told that joke last year, I got booed. You know what I mean? Like, and then we could really compare like a specific joke. Because yeah. I think sometimes we talk generally about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if you've been doing comedy for two years, you can't be like, well, on stage back then. Well, you don't, you weren't on stage back then. Yeah. You know, I mean, because yeah. I imagine if you were in... If you were an open micer or that that next level up from open micer in that like nineteen ninety two, and you were telling jokes, um, you know, in front of an audience that was you know kind of paying attention but kind of not, or if it was a local audience, yeah, who uh, like like some sort of local sh showcase, uh, I imagine if you told a bad race joke, you probably got booed or you know whatever heckled just as much then as you do now, yeah. So I think it's 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 you know I do think there's there's definitely been a shift because I mean I remember Amy Schumer saying there were jokes that she said like in 2008 that she wouldn't say now, so it definitely is a shift. But I do think it's a little different than the way we talk about it. Like we talk about it like oh everyone's just much more sensitive. Well no you can still be funny about insensitive things. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the it's, it's it's like it's kind of like what you were saying, yeah. The, like you can't maybe talk about this stuff as much, but this stuff over here is, yeah. is much more open, is much more free game. So, um, I think again, like you mentioned, like the internet plays a big factor because it almost feels like people are more sensitive, but they're also more offensive because like now, that's interesting. Yeah. like you know, before everything was tied to physical space in some sense. Yeah, um, and you know, you had to be in. You know, if you were in, like, a town mm -hmm. and, and you were this super liberal person, you had to be in the same street with this super conservative person. And that's just the way it is. Um, but online, like, you can go, you know, type in whatever URL to whatever website you want and then go to a website where it's, it's just people who agree with you. So if you're someone who, you know, takes everything very seriously and is quick to get offended, then you can find people who are just like you. But if you're someone who is just, like, very like vitriolic and aggressive and wants to, to say something regardless of anyone's feelings, you're going to find a group of people that fit with you as well. Mm -hmm. So it almost feels like there's less people in the middle because now people can find their extreme that like, you know, they can walk into their echo chamber and be validated for a long time. And then whenever they come out of it and meet each other, it's like, Oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I mean, and 
it's so weird because I think for the longest time college did that for people. Like you yeah. kind of grow up in your own world. You know, you have your your high school friends that you hung out with and your family. You know, and then you go to college and it's like, oh wow, it's crazy. And now it's almost like that is happening more often. But instead of in college, it's just like real life situations where you just you're online, you know, interacting with your your tribe of people, and yeah. now you're. Uh, yeah, you're in the works, but you're in work, and you're just like, oh, really? Not everyone, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I feel like it's like also like you have to it, when when you have different people, different types of people coming together at a college. It's like there's some incentive to like getting along. Like, I don't agree with you, and I think you're so off. But also, I'm trying to get my credits. Like, I'm trying yeah. to pass this class, so like I have to like some on some level work with you. But on the internet, there's like there's absolutely no incentive to like work with people, especially like, you know, what, like you're behind a username and they're going to say, well, what you're going to, people aren't going to like you on that website. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, and then there's so many websites where like, they're just, they're, they're like, isn't a username and it's just anonymous. So any person can just Same. throw stuff out there. And so there, there's no reason, I feel like there's less of a reason for people to cooperate and like be respectful of like difference. Yeah, online than there is like at a college university. Yeah, I no, I agree. Um, yeah, and, and I think w the one thing about college is that the I think they do a pretty good job of uh, maybe not every professor or every class, but there are certain classes where you can have conversations. You know, you can have these discussions, and the professor is sort of the mediator, and you can have these different ideas, and you know you know, fill up a classroom and, and you have someone who is um, separate from the class kind of keeping things from, you know, boiling over too much right. or whatever. And so I think that's a good, uh, I think that, that helps uh, a lot of times. And it doesn't, I don't think those things really change any, anybody's mind, but they do kind of help yeah. you think a little bit. And, that, yeah. and I think that's the, that's sort of the point of those, yeah, definitely. those interactions. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, at the very least, just to be able to consider someone's viewpoint, even if you don't join their group, like that's, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, and also, yeah, because I think sometimes when you're when you're in your own group long enough, you tend to create these straw man arguments for the other for people outside of your group. Mm, and, yeah, and then, and, and those y'all listening, uh, like a straw man is just a an oversimplification of someone else's argument. And then you attack that oversimplification instead of the argument itself. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're in your internet chat room um, and you're just talking to your people, then you're debunking all of these oversimplified arguments a lot of times. And then, yeah. you, you know, you get out and then they're like, you know, what? Um, <laughs> all Democrats aren't lazy. Like, they're not Democrats because they don't want to work. Uh, some people are Democrats because of you know, social justice reasons. Yeah. And, then, and then all of a sudden you don't really, like, what do you say to that? Because you haven't been prepared. You've been right. prepared for this very, you know. And um, it is a little bit like, wait, what are you doing? Like stick to the script. Right. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I had this conversation in my head planned out and I went through it when I was taking a shower and you looked so dumb and now no, yeah. I look dumb and this doesn't make any sense. But it, it can be uncomfortable, but I feel, I feel like that does help people because if you still believe that point, you know, you have to, realize that you know you have to or if you believe your whatever stance you have and then they come at you with this point you, that you've never heard before 
it is helpful because you have to be like, okay, well, why why is that wrong? Whatever. And if you can find a reason for why that's wrong, then now you're better able to defend the thing that you believe. And if mm -hmm. you can't, then maybe it's time to examine the other side and see if they have something of value. Yeah, I, well, I think what happens a lot of times is that people, you don't generally change your mind, but you at least recalibrate. Yeah. You have to re, like, right. you have to yeah. be like, okay, so how does this new information fit into my, my worldview? And, right. Definitely. And I, I think good thinkers do that. I mean, I, yeah, because I don't think it's always about like completely changing your mind and overhauling your belief system. Yeah. It's sometimes just about, all right, making room in your belief system for, you know, things that you didn't initially consider. Yeah. And, and you know, and I think that's a I think really good thing. The word you use, recalibrate, is like the best word oh, for that. Because yeah, yeah. like, it really is like, you just have to like take a moment and like readjust and you might end up having the same viewpoint, but it'll at least be a little bit more nuanced. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, um, I feel like good comics can do that, um, can kind of help create some of that nuance in the in, in conversations because we have to um, set up information and then twist it in some way or not that not twist the information but twist your expectation in order to get that laugh yeah and so we can't just say what everyone else has been saying about it you yeah know? Like we have to present an angle that allows other people to laugh and and, and and, and and sometimes I think in that laughter, it, it, it kind of makes people think about, you know, because I went to see a Hasan Minhaj last uh, Sunday. He was at the Ryman, and um, we was we were sitting in front of this guy who, uh, I, I I get the impression he was not a Hasan Minhaj fan. I think he was there because his girl there, and and he sat there with arms folded back completely straight for most of the show. Dang. So like Hasan Minhaj is doing all this political stuff. And there was one time where, you know, he has these, um, you know, he has the screen up. And I can tell there was one time he had these stats up and the guy in front of us kind of like cricked his neck like, okay, I'm going to get him this time. You know, like, like oh, I'm going to find the, 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 the hole in his argument. And I think the more Hasan Minhaj talked, the more the guy kind of loosened up like, Okay, like you, you know that he didn't go and like change his mind about whatever he believed or right. didn't believe, um, but you, you could tell that there was like, okay, this guy isn't just right some idiot, and everyone who's here laughing, they're not just laughing because they're brainwashed and stupid, like yeah, and and so um, and the show was great, and I think especially when Minaj started talking about like the family stuff, which is something I think everyone could kind of. A nice little common ground. You saw the guy. He relaxed. He put his arm around this girl, and um, it seemed like, you know. And and I think that com. I think good comics can do that. You yeah, know? Um, definitely. Uh, and, and then of course, we could have just misread his body language the whole time, and he was enjoying yeah. it more than we were. But it, I don't know. But it was just one of those things. Um, I feel like you know people who are good at. Like comedy, particularly like reading a room. Yeah. Like you said, I think that makes. Um, I don't know. You just have to know like 
a big part of that is you have to know what people are thinking. Yeah. On some sense, like like you said, like if there's someone with a sombrero in, you know that people like that's on their mind or like at least they noticed it. So you have to say something about it. So I feel like that also is a good skill to have in an argument because if you have this viewpoint and someone else has the you know, the opposing one, um, the ability to know like sort of mm -hmm. what their process is and why they think that is really helpful in being able to be constructive. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, knowing what the audience is generally thinking yeah. about whatever you're getting ready to talk about is is important. Um, yeah, because just, just knowing what you're going to say or what you want to say isn't enough. Yeah. You have to have some type of awareness of what the average person, the, the average non-comic is going to yeah. be in a show, what they're going to be... And, and, and I mean, we, we kind of use this like general, you know, general term, like know your audience. Mm -hmm. But what we really mean is know what's on your audience's mind about right. this topic. Yeah, um, that's actually yeah. Uh, really well put. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. Well, we're at the 37-minute mark. We made it. We did. We did. We, we've given these people um, something to listen to uh, when they're at the lake. Labor Day weekend, or mm. at the cookout, or just, just with family. Yeah, show it to your grandpa, to your kids, <laughs> just anyone. Just, yeah, yeah. This is this is a podcast for for the family, for yeah. for the masses. Um, I think I think I think we did it. I think yeah. we're gonna get. I mean, if you do show it to your kids, you're gonna have to explain the pervasive rape culture that exists in our society. But beyond that, yeah, yeah that's it. It's that's fine. Yeah, it's simple. You can knock that combo out in like five minutes. I think. I think after this, after this goes up, we're probably gonna get booked on a lot of college shows, <laughs> and uh, get, yeah. get our own Netflix special. It's yeah, be great. This is a so great. Y'all were here at the beginning. <laughs> Give yourselves a round of applause. All right, we did it. Yeah. Yeah.